by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Let the festivities begin. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City SC, and I am your host, Nate, joined as always by the Mandalorian to my baby Yoda. It's John Bisworm. (laughs) He is in the house. John, can you believe that we are already only two months to the day until it's time for some city soccer? Uh, I, you know, it's really hard for me to say that I, I, I can't believe it because we just had our first training session last night. So it, it became real, real fast last night. But when we we were warming up and, and then we had a quick team talk with uh, with, with head coach uh, Matt Van Benskoten, and he said, we have nine training sessions until we play soccer. So every, every time we put the boots on, we, it, it has to matter in order, in order for us to compete in the Open Cup. And it got serious real quick. So I can believe it, Nate. It's it's almost soccer time. Whew. That's so nine fe- sessions? That's crazy. I know, right? So it feels great to be back. And this time, folks, we have some real relevant things to talk about. Not like everything else is irrelevant. But uh, <laughs> there's been some interesting topics and specific topics of interest for uh, fans of the feather this past uh, this past week or two. So we're going to talk about the Open Cup draw, which was this week, and we'll dive into the Midwest section and and a little bit um, of uh, into the other other sections across the country. And in round one, we'll also dive into what we know about our first round opponent. And then finally, we'll, we're going to be joined by our first guest of the new year, a familiar name, familiar face, and a recent selection to our first ever class of 2020 Minneapolis City Legends Club, Mr. Tim Wills. Yes. Get ready, John. Uh, Let's slap a couple days on your March Madness mini vacation because March 24th and 25th is going to be packed with action. Let's get talking about the soccer. Let's do it. Lower league teams all over the country have been waiting for the big announcement from U.S. soccer, and it is finally here the first round matchups are out and some of them are looking quite spicy Uh, of course the big news is that minneapolis city qualified outright and so far have not been disqualified for some random arcane reason so not yet (laughs) (laughs) as of now it looks like we're going to be hitting the road to play the usl2 great lakes division champions chicago fc united uh, who we will cover in a few minutes and whose name is one big soccer cliche. We will look to be in the Midwest region, I think. Um, I think that's what they're calling it, which yeah. alone has a number of great games. We, we play 7 p.m. March 24th. Uh, at the same time, our friends at Tulsa Athletic play the Fort Worth Vaqueros also. So that's NPSL versus NPSL action there. Uh, March 25th is going to bring some Midwest matchups of – Louisiana Crew, that's spelled K-R-E-W-E, uh, probably because they're Cajun, uh, versus Corpus <laughs> Christi FC, which is a USL two side, so the crew must be some amateur squad. Uh, you got the Denton Diablos, who's an NPSL team from Texas, versus the North Texas Riados. And, of course, 
the real the real matchup on the 25th to keep an eye on med city versus des moines menace the other qualifier out of the npsl north goes up against our old friends from des moines any of any of those matchups particularly arousing to you john well, I think that the one to point out that I'm most interested in is the Tulsa Athletic match, but but also the Diablos who take on NTX. Uh, both of the those two sides, quality, I, I fully support them because we've had some really um, good interactions with some really great people who run those organizations. And, and we've made friends with them over the past couple of years. And I guess you could say it's the, the brotherhood of ownership. Um, but as for the rest of the people in the Midwest, they can go all go suck eggs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're trying to win, Nate. We're That's trying to right. be that, that last amateur team left in this tournament now that we're actually in it for now. Um, and they stand in our way, so suck it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you guys suck it. Uh, the awesome <laughs> thing about the tournament is that the games will be carried on ESPN+. Plus. And I don't know if that means all games or just key games, but it sounds like ESPN+, Plus is going to be the place to see all the U.S. Open Cup action from first round all the way through to the end. Um, so that's really cool. So there are games or matchups around the country on both days that are worth watching if you're the kind of person to just like pop up six browser windows or six uh, Chrome tabs and just watch soccer. So in the Northeast region, uh, Game of Note is March 24th matchup between a team with one of the greater stories to come out of the tournament in, re- in recent years. That is Christos FC. Uh, they're playing Virginia United FC. And this is a rematch of a game from Last Cup's amateur qualifiers. So these teams both being amateur league uh, teams have to go through that whole bullshit rigmarole that we have tried to do um, in, what, 2017, 2018. And, uh, and in that time, Christos, which is mostly former college soccer players. Um, you guys know they're out from Baltimore. They're basically based out of the back of a deli. Um, they got Open Cup notoriety in 2017 for their run in the 2017 Open Cup. They made it to like the quarterfinals or bef- or maybe the, the round before. They made it really far. It was like a Cinderella story. It was the Cinderella story that the U.S. Open Cup survives on. It's like the vampire's mm-hmm. blood for the U.S. <laughs> Open Cup. But uh, I'll add, I'll add a little bit, a little bit more, uh, more flavor onto that vampire's blood for you. Yeah, they, they're they're actually based out of a liquor store. That's what it is. It's a back of a liquor store <laughs> owned by yeah. some Greek dude named yeah. Christos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what makes this stuff so fucking beautiful. Yep, <laughs> I love that, it. Yeah, so I in, love it too. So in 2017, they made a deep run in the U.S. Open Cup as a amateur squad from the back of a liquor store. And uh, in 2018, they got knocked out in the qualifiers by Virginia United FC. Uh, mm-hmm. They won the match 2-1. to one. So this is a rematch of that. It's going to be interesting. Christos is a cool one to keep an eye on. Um, there are only two NPSL teams that play in the, I'm quoting, southeast bracket, uh, mostly dominated uh, which is a bracket mostly dominated by UPSL or I'm sorry, USL two teams. Um, the weird one to mention here is Cleveland SC, and that's the team that beat Detroit City in the NPSL Midwest final. Um, but Cleveland SC playing in the southeast bracket is going to have some serious traveling to do if they get past their first round opponent uh, of Nashville United. That is, I'm going to say, classic U.S. Open Cup regional matchups <laughs> right. on the table when cleveland has to travel to florida for a regional game <laughs> yeah i mean hey we had to go to new york for a regional exactly, game exactly so. exactly and finally in the western bracket also in quotes because it feels like it's everything uh west of colorado the, all the way to the pacific it's pretty much everything west of us <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
but our friends at Harpo's are in the tournament. They're lining up against the NPSL's Crossfire Richmond on March 25th. Any of these that you're looking forward to watching, John? I'm going to pick the obvious matches here, Nate. And, you know, you could not have taken the words out of my mouth any better with the teams that you, you noted here. Uh, it's it's going to be, first off, foremost, uh, fully into our bros in Boulder, Colorado, the Harpo's. Uh, FC Boulder Harpo's, I believe they're called now. They they merged with another club. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so how can we not really pull for them? I, I think they're going to make some real waves this year after uh, a few-year layoff from this competition. But uh, a few years ago, they were the team before – FC Christos that was, you know, the, 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 the darling Cinderella's of this tournament. Yeah. So they, they know what to do and they, as we know from playing them and talking with uh, their, their owner, Johnny on this podcast, they're, they're the team that says, I don't care who you are. We're going to come in and beat you. And so I'm really looking for them to, to hopefully make a run and maybe we get to face them again in uh, in a match that means something. That would be very uh, cool. Then next up for me is the uh, FC Baltimore Christos, uh, their official name. That match is is one of you know uh, my favorite non-city amateur soccer moments over the past few years, watching them play DC United in what looked like a youth soccer complex <laughs> uh, and, and then scoring a banger of a free kick goal to go ahead against an MLS team. If it were not for the evil bitch that is the fitness level, uh, which really, really took over uh, for the pros in the 60th minute when DC United kind of shifted into a, a whole nother gear and then squeaked by two to one versus uh, versus Christos. And then then finally, it's it's the Cleveland match. Uh, and to yeah. me, you know, that one, you kind of get a whole lot of stuff out of it. You, you get the uh, the round mound of rebound goals for uh, for, for Cleveland. Vinny Bell. uh <laughs> To um to get a you know some sort of a sports center docu piece on him because of such a, his really interesting story about being pretty much the Tom Brady of <laughs> of NPSL soccer the dude's been around forever and and I watched him when we went to the regionals in Detroit they played before us and I mean that guy put the team on his back for 120 minutes and and was just like unstoppable for a guy that looked like he was trotting around on, uh, on two broken hips. Um, <laughs> I mean, like unbelievable what this guy can do. And, uh, I, I do believe Nate that he's the all time leading goal scorer in NPSL history. Really? So yeah. So ESPN go fact check that. And then you're welcome for the ratings booster. <laughs> nice. Uh, second round potential matchups, John are released on the 29th. Uh, who do you see? So that's what in five days from now, a couple days mm-hmm. after this podcast is released, uh, who do you see added to our bracket? Because we know that twenty-five USL Division Two, I guess that's Championship uh, USL Championship squads will be added in six USL League One squads and eight national in so eight nisa squads so that's like 39 teams they're going to be added to the 19 who make it through the first round that's 29 second round games so obviously forward madison are going to be in who else do you see regionally my best guess is that we would insert a, a team i know our players want another shot at and that's detroit fc who moved to to nisa um out after uh, completing the last year in the mpsl um and then you know, their league teammates, the uh, Michigan Stars were very similar. They moved from the MPSL over to the NISA. Um, and then we have, you know, like you mentioned, likely Ford Madison, who's going to be in there, as well as the new boys, uh, Union Omaha, out of the USL League One. They can just get in, even though they're a brand new team, 
I was yeah. thinking about them. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to get into that. That's um, bullshit. Yeah, and <laughs> it 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 stinks because uh, teams like us that that really put the work in and qualify um, could be pushed out for a team like Union Omaha, which on paper I've seen their roster. I think we could probably beat them. They literally only have a logo. Yeah, and, and, yeah, exactly. Like I know some of the people they signed, and a lot of NPS former NPSL players on some that bug team. Bug eaters, probably. Yeah, some bug eaters, and I think we could beat that team. But yeah, they get they get it automatically. Whack. So, you know, Nate, what do you think about potentially in in that second round a a matchup of Detroit City versus Ford Madison? Uh, I think that'd be a really fun one. Yeah, I, I think I think um, for for myself. If we don't end up playing one of those two teams, which would also be fun, I think it's it's pretty clear that uh, Indy 11 and St. Louis FC would be next in out of the USL championship uh, before the big boys uh, in the MLS come in. And uh, we can cover that when we get to that point. So the dream pairing for us after uh, we win two would probably be Madison, Detroit, Indy, and then who who, who cares, whoever. So do you that. think they would put us up against the winner of Med City, Des Moines? in second round before we played someone like forward Madison or Detroit city or something. I mean, possibly, but I mean, we went to New York for the qualifier. So yeah, knows, but you know, right? the NPA, you know, or, you know, the uh, U S open cup is always like risk averse, right? So yeah. Like, the, the last thing they want is for their USL team to get knocked out as soon as they enter the tournament. I would probably predict that we would get Madison or perhaps Indy. And then if Med City, uh, the Med City Des Moines winner would probably go to, to, to Indy or St. Louis. Okay. Where if, I, if, if I had to guess. Well, that could be very cool. But let's, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We are going up against, in the first round, Chicago FC United, which is the product of a merger back in 2016 of Chicago Fire's U23 team. Uh, some teams called Chicago Trevian SC, Chicago Titans FC, and Chicago Spartans FC. Thank you, <laughs> Wikipedia. So three, so three local Chicago teams got gobbled up by the Chicago Fire organization. Is what it sounds like. Uh, and basically, today this is Chicago Fire's academy team, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you just mentioned there was just an alphabet soup of soccer clubs. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're correct. They they actually won the last ever PDL National Championship, and that was um, when, uh, you'll mention in a bit, one of our, our former players um, was on that squad uh, before they turned USL2. So uh, they're resource-heavy. And, and I mean, you can guess that per the fact that we're playing in a, in Bridgeview at the old Chicago fire stadium for our matchup. So uh, you can fully expect them to, to be a professional organization, to, to cross all the T's and dot all the I's when it comes to professionalism, when it, when it comes to, to playing against someone, unlike when we went to Rochester. I was going to say, how fucking refreshing is that going to be? Well, it, absolutely. I mean, it, unlike when we went to Rochester and they, we had to change outside of a public bathroom because they wouldn't let us in. And then it was basically at a public park and we brought more <laughs> fans. So um, I anticipate actually a, a pretty large, large crowd, to be honest, because uh, we have a lot of fans that are in the Chicagoland area, uh, some folks in the Wisconsin area. And it's not that far for people to drive. So, oh, you know, uh, hashtag Mitch is going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, speaking, are you so, gonna go? Are you gonna go, Nate? I, I don't know, man. It's middle of the week. We'll see. 
it's tough. It's tough with the family, but I'd love to just take a quick little pond hopper and uh, and be there. I'll I'll work it out. Well, I mean, you know, you just had a baby. Maybe you need a little bit of time off. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that that shit doesn't fly around here, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I mean, hey, I just, hey. just like to, you know, escape and get my get my mind right. But but I mean, <laughs> get your last... mind right with these diapers, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Put that butt paste on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were you you made the trip with the team when we were in Aurora 2 years ago and we true. won. So perhaps you're just be like, "Hey babe, I- I'm kind of like the de facto good luck charm." I am. So I, I kind of got to go. I got to play Xbox in the back of a bus. Well, and uh, big game James lives in Chicago, and he already texted me that he's it's going to get weird in Illinois. Because oh, we got gonna, a crash pad. Yeah, he's gonna he, he wants to he wants to to do it right. So All right. I think I think you should just go. All right, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll plan on it. Well, let me know what I can do to convince Mindy. Maybe Thank I can insert insert myself <laughs> whether I need to or not into that conversation. So I want to talk about the players quickly that we could go up against. We know that Minneapolis city midfielder and MLS draft pick Luke Hawkinson played uh, at Chicago United FC for a second. Um, I know that it's he's, I know it because he's still on their roster on their website as if he still plays for them. Uh, Nope. He does not. (laughs) Nope. That's a two year old roster, sir. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) this is a, but it is also the same program that like uh, Georgie Mihailovic grew out of. So it's probably not going to be too short on talent. The question is what kind of talent is going to be available this early? Because a lot of these guys are college players and we know that college players can't be released until May 1st. Right. Who are we going to line up against? So I think that it's a really interesting question. And I I've, you know, I've worked my soccer back channels, uh, east and southeast of here to, to kind of get a, a feel about where the players could come from. I, I think what, what's going to happen is because of the fact that the the rules dictate that all the players have to be uh, rostered within the parent organization's league. So for us, anyone that we bring in has to be registered through the NPSL. Uh, and for them, the USL, uh, they're not going to want to bring in a bunch of mercenaries because they're going to have to roster them in the USL two, and there's age limits in the USL two. Yeah. So, um, so what I believe is going to probably happen is it's going to be it's going to be pretty heavy up on academy players. So maybe some of the best U U seventeen, eighteen, nineteen players. So high school that, kids. Yes. That they, um, or just just out of. Yeah. Um, so, so you're thinking maybe maybe those type of players, and then maybe you sprinkle in a few players from. I mean, the the city of Chicago is is not at, at any shortage of quality soccer players right. um, that play that play in the the top amateur leagues. There's also um, an organization called the Bridges Academy, which is a kind of a prep a prep program for <laughs> professionals. Like a rehab clinic, it, kind of. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's a it's kind of a preparatory program where they take in players that are maybe in between contracts or have a desire to play professional soccer and they train them and then they take them on showcases across the across the globe. Oh. Um, Miles Stockton Willis was down there for a little while, as was Abai Habat, who played with us in the Open Cup. So a, a lot uh, they there's that kind of talent that's down there as well. But that's what I mean by like, are they gonna want to roster a guy who might be on the fringes of um, the, the the mandatory rules for their league to then have to dump them and replace them if if they do move on. Are, so it, is it 
man, is it a rule that your players have to be college age? Um, well, in no or in college, no, not for the USL two. It's just a a, a a maximum age requirement. So oh, okay, yeah. So so these guys, good. you could get a couple guys, one or two that are out of college that just mm-hmm. haven't landed anywhere yet or hoping to break through with Chicago Fire. Yeah, absolutely, and maybe have been training with the first team, but they're sure. not. They're not, they're, and they're they're going to be intended to place on that full time roster once the season starts. Yeah. But but you know the players like Luke Hawkinson, um, you know if you look at what um, what the Green Bay Voyagers brought in uh, last year at the same level, mm-hmm. you know with guys like Ian Smith, you know that type of player is not going to be there because of the fact that they're going to they have college eligibility left. So and and as we know from all the things we've read about the tournament, that that's kind of a, a no no. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of don't know, but I, I fully expect quality, uh, that that's definitely going to be something that they're, they're not going to trot out a team that's, that's just going to be a bunch of schlubs, right? right. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to bring it with the best to the best of their ability. But I think the advantage of what we have over, <laughs> over them and maybe even the, um, Des Moines that's facing med city is that, um, you know, we, we have the players starting to train right now. And I don't know if they do, if they're going to be bringing in some of these guys uh, that aren't maybe in their academy. But if we're going against a straight academy, then that fitness piece is going to be there. Yeah, they're going to be younger, but they're going to be well-trained there within the organization to just play soccer. And we're going to go up against some some young quality talent with, with engines for days. So really, we probably won't know until we... <laughs> Until get the rock. You might know if you get some spies on with the eyes on the ground, but uh, as far as as far as the people, the fans, we're just gonna have to get surprised. Well, I believe rosters are due March tenth, so oh. so we'll probably find out around that that time frame. Oh, um, well, let's do we, a show. Uh, I mean, we can do a show. <laughs> <laughs> I I fully anticipate we will do a show. Awesome. All right. Cool. Well, uh, once again, we're going to see Inter Chicago FC United City at 7 p.m. <laughs> on March 24th. Uh, you can catch it on ESPN Plus, probably, or in person, as I'm going to beg to go, at Seat Geek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois. It's a nice place, huh? Yeah, abs- it's really nice. The only problem is, is that the reason why... <laughs> the why rats? It- is it the rats are the only problem? Well, yeah, it could be the, the, they just made their way over from Midway airport. Um, but I know that the reason, I mean, the Chicago fire are no longer playing there because no one went to the games because it was so far outside of the city. Um, and when I say so far outside the city, I don't mean that far, but being that large of a city, it's just a pain in the ass to get anywhere. And you're not going to be really wanting to go to Bridgeview to watch soccer. So, uh, but there's this beautiful stadium sitting there. And I, I know the um, the women's uh, professional team, the Chicago Red Stars, is playing there. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tuned up for soccer, which is great. All right, Bridgeview. I'm googling it right now, and it is. I can't believe I haven't done this yet. Oh boy, it's past Oakland. That's out there, man. <laughs> I know. It's way. Know. It's like south, way southwest of Chicago. Oh well. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I think the intention was for a rail stop for the from the train to go there, but I don't know if that ever happened. Oh. That was like that was when they when they built the stadium. But basically, it was like 
you can play at Soldier Field or you can build your own stadium wherever someone will give you a tax kickback. And they chose the latter right. and they built the stadium out there. But um, it's got a great training facility. I've been there before. Uh, I, I saw a fire game there. I saw a U.S. game there. So it's it's quality. And uh, it's probably going to be cold as shit. So I'm really pushing for Dan to uh, to, to put me in for the, as the media liaison for the club that trip so that I can sit in the press box. Oh. <laughs> but who knows? I might be sitting outside with all the common folk. All right, man. Well, it's just a short trip down uh, I-94 to Chicago, Illinois. Let's, uh, let's go. All right. As mentioned last show, it was announced two weeks ago that the club in its fifth anniversary season would be adding a new element to the club, and that is the recognition of players from the past to further etch their names into the club's history books by allowing our fans to select the first class of the newly minted Legends Club. Uh, Nate and I, you know, we're kicking around the idea of what better way to shed some light on this new part of the club than to speak to one of the inaugural inductees uh, and to hear their thoughts on on playing time with City um, and, and get their thoughts on the legendary status that they now have. So without further ado, we welcome back to the show, Tim Wills. Timmy, first off, thank you for joining us and congratulations on being inducted into the 2020 class of the Minneapolis City Legends Club. Yeah, thanks, Rock, for having me on. It's a, it's a great honor, especially when you consider all the other people on that list, the three others, so... Excited to be back and talking to you guys again. All right. For new listeners or maybe uh, people who have shit memories, we want to get the little things out of the way and really reintroduce you to the masses. Uh, if you don't remember or don't know, Tim was a forward uh, slash attacking central midfielder for Minneapolis City from 2016 through 2019, and he hails from hailing from Portland, Oregon. Now, Tim, when we talked to you all those years ago when you first joined the team um, – we kind of get your background, but you had moved to Minnesota for college. You went to Carleton, uh, and when you graduated from Carleton, you left um, as the school's all-time leading goal scorer and points leader. And you stuck around where you uh, you stuck around town here. Um, why? First of all, how many goals did you have that made you the leading goal scorer? I think it was like 34, 35. I mean, a oh. cookie got broken by uh, someone else who's yet to be named. But. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a legend, so we don't have to yeah, that's right. today. We don't talk about legends. Uh, no. <laughs> that's right. Uh, city, uh, city striker Brandon McGarity then broke your, broke your uh, record years later, but that's okay. Uh, we kept it in the family. Um, but you stuck around here in the cities and just kept playing soccer. You got hooked up with Stegman's. Uh, you got hooked up in Minneapolis City, and I guess the rest is legendary, as they say. So what sets Tim apart uh, is, is his awareness of and his ability to get into pockets of space. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but really, Tim seems to be playing a different game at times, popping up here and there, moves the, moving the ball on, bringing different people into the play, and yes, occasionally scoring goals. Uh, career with Minneapolis City, Tim played 34 games with 10 goals, th- five assists, over 1,902 minutes. Never been disciplined, Tim. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, ca- it's good. no cards. Such a gentleman. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I mean, yeah, I guess in college there were some, some yellows for descent, but I usually got <laughs> quiet. <laughs> 
also being the sub on a time is just like, all right. You'll, I'll you left, uh, you left all the yes. yellow cards for AO to pick up, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't want to share. So I, I well, Tim, out. since uh, the cat is out of the bag and now that you're a legend, it's clear that you'll no longer be playing for the club. Um, what have you been up to since the end of last year when you were last seen hoisting a second NPSL North Conference title? Yeah, I after the season, I uh, ended up moving to Virginia to go to business school at the University of Virginia. So I've been back to school. That explains why it's raining. <laughs> yeah, we were doing, <laughs> doing the test. Yeah, we know oh, earlier sorry, we were doing the test. That? It sounded like it was raining where you were at, and I'm like, that doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, oh. I'm not in Minneapolis. Well, it only so makes far. sense, Tim, that you uh, you got in a VW van and just uh, followed the Dave Matthews Band tour back to Charlotte, <laughs> Charlottesville. Yeah, them. I mean, Fish has some comes through so, here a little so bit. You, too, you, so uh, you didn't go good. back home to Portland per se, but you're you're in a good home uh, for for right now. So I, I could I I could start off by asking you the easy questions, but what I really want to start off with is for you to tell us. Um, what you say when someone asks you um, what Minneapolis city is and, and then follow that up with what it means to you. Yeah. I mean, to me, Minneapolis city is a grassroots organization. That's about a lot more than just soccer. It's about having an impact in the community and having volunteers, having players, having unpaid everyone, bring together like-minded people and people interested in small soccer and try and make something out of it. Have fun while you're doing it. <laughs> Joke around on Twitter. And then, so what does it, what does it specifically mean to you as far as your, your time with us and, and, and then the, you know, what you'll take away from it now that you're no longer with us playing? Yeah, it's left, definitely left an impact on me. It's, it's funny as I kind of grew older and became more of a veteran, it was shifting how I viewed, you know, the club and the people at the club and the younger players too. And my role definitely changed over the years, even from, I'm speaking like before Minneapolis city college to be from being a starter to being someone coming off the bench and trying to, understand how that impacts me and how I can best leave an influence on the club. And the so we have, well. we, we have like a ton of different ways that players get hooked up through into our club, whether it be a referral or a trial process, et cetera. Um, tell us your journey to, to Minneapolis city and, and, and how you hooked up with us. We, so I was playing in the MASL, which is the men's league in Minnesota. And it was four team called the internationals which had a long history in the minneapolis area there were some financial issues with the club and we actually joined forces with segments or maybe i should say segments <laughs> brought us in uh into their organization and we represented the segments club at the d1 level of masl that's how i originally met you guys and played across more than just the d1 team to play with you john and play with other key members and then eventually got introduced in the Minneapolis side. I think it was a few years ago, not, not the first year of Minneapolis city, but 2016, I believe with other guys from that segment teams like AO, uh, Ryan Camerata was briefly on the team. I think Evan Wright was too. And some other Wexler. You forgot about the biggest too, so. member. 
of the Stegman's team, Big Game James. And then so so then from that point, that's when you when you became kind of a, a mainstay at that point. You know, we, we then entered into the U.S. Open Cup run, our, our first entry into it, which uh, is, uh, is 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 never an afterthought because we're you're you were undefeated that year <laughs> um, and then we got kicked out. Um, so, you know, I mentioned yeah. that because my next question is, you know, there's been many moments and stories from the past four years that you're with the club. Um, share with our listeners what your favorite one is. And and again, this is the circle of trust. So don't worry about speaking out of turn or uh, or maybe saying something that uh, <laughs> that you feel that outsiders shouldn't hear. Out- outsiders. It's hard to pick one. Uh <laughs> It's hard to pick one, but I, I do think uh, it goes back to the first time I really got a good uh, action in the game, which was the U.S. Open Cup match. And it was at the NSC Stadium. It was really the first kind of public event of Minneapolis City in my mind. And we played pretty well, won the game, obviously. Whitney had two goals. I had missed a few key sitters, but it was about – training all winter for that with yep. the team. I think you were the coach, John. We had, in the cold winter season, we were outside of McMurray training, building something from scratch and competing in the early rounds of the U.S. Open Cup or to get into the U.S. Open Cup. And it was about that camaraderie. Well, that built I think over that, you know, being biased, obviously, I, I think that that, that, that <laughs> team we put together and what we had was, was really special. To be, to be honest, and I, I agree with you because I think that, you know, even though we got kicked out, I think we had put together a team that for a tournament style, uh, you know, for a, for a tournament and a style of play that we built over those cold training sessions, we really were in a position to, to make a run, I think. And, and it was unfortunate that we, we didn't get to do that. Yeah, I mean, from one biased opinion to another, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, I think we had a people that hadn't played well to, or played, hadn't played it all together before that, and we had a couple of months to get to know each other and create some chemistry, and everyone really played the position that worked best for the team and maybe not their favorite position, but we did. I think we could have made – Made, a way, made our way into the tournament. Yeah, we'll never, we'll never know. The cool, thing, the cool thing for me about that team from kind of a, you know, not on the bench, not in the locker room uh, position is that that really was the the heart of Minneapolis City. That set what the heart of Minneapolis City was going to be for years to come. Like when you think about, yeah, you know, Will Kidd was on the inaugural team. You had Goose on the inaugural team, things like that. Guys like that that stuck with the club and, and helped it be successful. Really the, the, the brotherhood and the soul of, of Minneapolis city was born in that U S open cup training and that match. And then of course the disqualification, would you kind of agree? Yeah, absolutely. I I'm trying to think of all the guys on the team. I know Charlie and Whitney were definitely there. Yep. Charlie or I mean, elder was the goalie. So miles, yeah, Norville, strong core that miles, Norville, and then there were some guys that, yeah, came in and out as they were able to when they were living in Minnesota. And it's that's been the theme of Minneapolis City is you have that core unit. And it's evolved into maybe something a little bit beyond that. But at the beginning, first few years, it was a lot of core guys that are committed, some guys that can make it when 
when they're in, in town or whatever, but everyone has a purpose of being in Minnesota and everyone understands that this is the reputation of the team. I think clearly a, a, a close uh, runner up to your, your favorite moment being with us was when, uh, when we played in Madison with 11 guys and, uh, and got a, got a result where <laughs> we literally had to pick up Sam Forsgren from the airport on the way to the game, uh, who was, who hadn't played. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Dan was about to play goalie, so we were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was the only sub on our bench, and I and I had to coach the team uh, that day, and there was no way I was putting him in unless three guys died. So, um, so okay, so so <laughs> we, we talked about you know one of the one of the key positive moments. Tell tell us the opposite side of that question. What would maybe a, a less desirable moment for you with the club? Less desirable. Yeah, I, I mean, I tried to find the best of every situation, but I think for me, it was some of, I think it was one game, I can't remember what year, but a game in Duluth specifically where we went there and, and lost, I believe. We were, I have a bad memory with games, but we were playing at, uh, at their stadium. We went up there, a lot of fans traveled, and I think we ended up, losing so anytime you lose to the Duluth it might you are remember it that's the game that uh yeah that's the game we that Sambo uh, like, yeah. uh, like exploded his appendix yeah yeah so oh, so yeah, yeah good yeah. good good less yeah. desirable memory for you um but but yeah I, that, yeah I try and I try and remove those ones from my memory if I, yeah that one honest. wasn't so great I mean we we that that game in particular knocked us out of the playoffs before the, the you know the season was even over, um, and it, it was one where you know we yeah. had, we had draw we had, we had draw uh, a draw at home against them to start the season, and then you know we we were kind of gut punch at that point, and then we went up there and, and we really could have made a statement at that point, but we we obviously didn't, and uh, that's why it's less than desirable. Oh, and the guy wore his hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the worst. <laughs> Kyle Bacchus. Yeah. <laughs> the hat. Yeah. Oh, right, the coach. <laughs> Tim, uh, we, we we heard the stats, uh, 10 goals for Minneapolis City, 30-some for Carlton, plus countless goals for internationals and segments in the MASL. So you score goals. That's a fact. Um, what goal has been your favorite during your time with Minneapolis City, if you can even remember them? Yeah, the, the goal to remember is easy because it's recent, and I – can't remember who we were playing, but it's the game where I stole it off the center center back about 40 yards out and saw the goalie off his line. The ball was bouncing. I approached it and just tried to put it over his head and was fortunate to have it bounce once and then go in. So I didn't know what I was doing when I started, and I didn't know what I was doing at the end, but it ended up going in. <laughs> I believe that was uh, Dakota Fusion at home last season. Yeah. Yep. Unlike you, I have the you, I have a, an iron trap I, mind no, when it comes to soccer. That's why I always fact check with you. I, I, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we, we've talked about it before on the show that I I just have this uncanny ability with soccer in my life to be able to remember every game that I've either I've either been a part of playing or I've had a, a hand in from a outsider's perspective, whether it be with city or, you know, coaching youth soccer or whatever. I just remember all this stuff and I don't know. It, it, it ends up trumping all the important <laughs> things in my life, like ATM pin codes, 
uh, how, my login for my work computer. I just, <laughs> but but I can tell you that you scored against the Code of Fusion on a half volley from thirty yards out over the keeper. So that's a skill. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. Not too many. Not too many like un, untoward uh, comparisons here, John. But I was just watching on I don't know if it was Sky Sports or something. Like one of the Neville brothers does this like show and he had Rooney on and they were both like they could remember literally every game they played in almost well, it's like they'd watch one they'd watch one little clip and it'd be like oh my god that's apparently, the time that this that and the other thing happened apparently that's a trait of a world-class soccer player <laughs> that's what they were saying it's like this total recall is like <laughs> as someone that's been around soccer for so long anyway uh Tim we John and I on the show often talk about Tim Wills doing Tim Wills things in games. Um, <laughs> we we can't really describe it any other way, but it always leads to a decisive moment or a winning goal. Um, in your own words, what does it mean to do Tim Wills things? Yeah, the most the most cliche way to put it for, is being in the right place at the right time, but I think it goes beyond that a little bit. I've said this before, I think even on the podcast, I've, 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 I was never like the fastest guy in the field or the biggest guy in the field, so... It was about reading the game and having vision to know what space to make runs into or what space to play the ball into and finding teammates and then move, making movements off those teammates to get the ball back in an opportune position. So in our show last week, we talked about we, – we introduced the Legends Club um, and, and obviously talked a little bit about you at, at length. And, and I made a comparison uh, to – for for you to uh and it may on paper sound uh derogatory but I, I but i think it's it's applicable to what you just said um i compared you to the guy when you go to the ymca to play pickup basketball <laughs> who you know there's there's 10 guys there to play five on five and and you walk in and outside of yourself there's eight guys there who look the part and then there's the one guy who you're like I'm going to guard that guy. And, and then the ball, the ball's tipped. And then that guy fucking destroys you and yeah. shreds you apart. And you're like, it's like, Oh fuck? shit, I'm guarding Jason Williams. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was, that was my comparison to your soccer game, Tim. I hope you don't take it the wrong way. No, that's a, That's apt. I mean, that's, I think that plays to my advantage a lot of the time. Cause I am, people assume that I am slightly below average or, or even worse than that in, in terms of the game. <laughs> I, I can tell you, you're not the first person to, after knowing me, tell me that thing. So it's, it's <laughs> definitely you, accurate. It's funny. You kind of answered my next question a little bit, but we'll, um, we'll get a little more out of you maybe. But like you said, you're not, super, you're not the fastest guy out there. You're not the biggest guy out there. Um, still super dangerous in the attack one way or the other, however you slice it. Um, you know, what kind of an approach or what kind of really a mentality do you have to have to maintain – that competitive edge like this for so long, especially like at the NPSL level in the U S open cup um, times like that, like how do you, how do you learn that? And how do you maintain that? It's, it's like, it's because I've been playing like I'm 40 since I was 12. So <laughs> <laughs> old man tricks. Yeah, it is. It's, I, I mean, I spoke to you a little bit earlier, but it, really it comes down to just like reacting quicker than others or, or having anticipation that others might not. And so being competitive is just innate in me and finding a way, regardless of my athletic ability, regardless of 
who I'm competing with to, to remain competitive is always going to be my top priority. And that's what propels me forward. And that's what, that's why I continued to play with Minneapolis city when I was there. Right. I, I'm playing against guys that are 18 or younger, much faster, but I just try and remain competitive. Always try and get looked at by the coach, but reading the game and showing something that other people might not offer is a way to differentiate yourself. So doing Tim Will's things gets, gets you noticed. <laughs> it can be summed up like that. <laughs> so um, a couple, couple more questions here before we, we close out the show. Um, who was your favorite player to play with in your time at Minneapolis city? I oh, think it, on the spot. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's in terms of offense, probably Wex because over time we developed, I mean, we played together on segments as well. So we developed a bit more chemistry than everyone else or than, than I did with everyone else. So when him and I were in the game, it'd be a lot more combinations up front than, when I, when I was working with other people on the, on the side, but obviously AO and I have some, some type of connection for similar reason too, but he doesn't make it up front too often. And when he does, he's usually going on an AO run doing it solo. <laughs> yeah. He's not passing you the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So now that you're a legend, um, like other club legends around the world at, at many different levels of play, you kind of have the ability now to, uh, to, to provide your honest opinion of the club, what's your opinion of the club now? And, and what do you, what would you like to see us as an organization doing moving forward into the future? I think the growth over the last four years has been exciting. And I think oh, we've taken a lot of very good steps into the future with that. I mean, building out a regular practice schedule, right? That's step one. And then it's having a pool of 30 guys for the, MPSL team and 30 guys for the U23s. I think beyond that, it's probably just continuing to, well, we're going to remain competitive. So as we get more and more people drafted in the MLS or whatever it is, that's going to just increase our image even more. I think going younger, potentially building teams of U18, but also on the women's side, maybe trying to get a similar, a similar type of, quality for women in Minnesota and have that offering. I don't know what exists today, but I know that having something like that dynamic would be a really positive move for the sport and a positive move for Minneapolis city in general. Well, I mean, honestly, as now being a, I guess, a, a booster, I guess you could call you being part of the legends club, you know, once you get that MBA and you write, a, and you write us a, I you was going to say, careful, nice Tim, you're, you're going to get yeah. an email asking for a donation soon. Yeah, yeah, you can write us a nice check, and we'll start that women's team in your honor. Yeah, maybe that's uh, <laughs> me in 10 years. Well, that, that's all we have for you, Tim. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. And, and again, congrats, man, on, on, on being voted by the fans um, to, to be a legend. I, I think it's, you know, it, when, when you got that, that note – you know, in the, in the email, it probably was a little bit shocking to, to hear because it, it was, um, it was pretty quickly how it cascaded into, to the voting process, but it's just a testament to the impact that you had on, on not only the team, but the, but the fans that, uh, that come to support the team. So we really appreciate you, uh, you, you coming on and talking a little bit about it with us. And we look forward to when we, we do something more official and then you can, uh, 
fly in for that game and, uh, and, and, and hang out with us. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's, it's a complete honor. I think to sum it up, it's, it's popping up where you least expect it. At least I didn't expect this. And so it's Tim Wills doing Tim Wills things, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea of being, I didn't expect to be in, uh, in this club and I'm really happy to be there alongside Goose Martin and, and Wex. Well, man, everyone's happy to have you. Uh, thanks for coming on, and we will see you next time you're around. Perfect. All right. Well, well, that was Mr. Tim Wills, and thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. It is my box season, or as I call it, danger box season, folks. Summit has <laughs> just announced that my box is on its way, and their classic take on this classic brew um, that's easy to drink and packs a powerful punch is starting to pop up around town. So if you see it at your local li- liquor store or on tap at your favorite swig house, come get some swig house. <laughs> some in a more meaningful brew since 1986. Uh, if giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis city is a 501 C three that provides a safe, reliable and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us out this summer. Uh, and during the off-season, hosting events and partnerships with community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. It's never a bad time to become a member. For less than the price of two tanks of gas, two full tanks of gas, $65 uh, allows you to support the club and get some really cool stuff in return. You get an exclusive membership scarf. You get a uh, <laughs> membership card and 10% off at the club shop and deals on summit at your, at our official game day bar Palmer's. Plus you get to vote on important club matters, including the legends club. Um, but you get to select the membership board and, and choosing the scarf and kit designs. So visit mplscitysc.com and make it happen. You can also become an out of town member for out of town listeners where we donate your season tickets to uh, some children in the community. So definitely check that out. Do you have anything you want us to cover this off season? We're, we're going to talk to some legends, potentially some other players from the past, uh, but any hard hitting exposés that you've been hoping we undertake, please let us know. Send us mail. It's easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the people's pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, you can always complain to the club at MPLS city SC on Twitter. So that is all for this week. Thank you again to legend Tim Wills for joining us. Uh, we miss him. Uh, that was Nate. I'm John, and until next time, you got hoofed. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I can staple these, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves, and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I see is mixed.